0: You're listening to a DM podcast.
1: We are underway.
2: G'day, guys. Welcome to Talking League. We're a weekly NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host, TK, and I'm here with the boys, Andy. Howdy, TK. Howdy, Josh. (laughs) He's back making jokes. How are you?
3: How are we, Yeah, Just stop it. (laughs)
2: All right, on the show tonight we'll be previewing the my team and it's my dream.
1: That is very country boys mm. I I haven't really heard a lot of them. This is good. I'm getting a bit of insight.
2: Yeah, I haven't heard a lot of them. Like, I haven't made some up, really.
1: (laughs) The Warriors one?
2: (laughs) It is what it is. But, boys, Cowboys, really interesting tonight because the last show was with the Knights, which a little bit of adversity and a little bit of kind of changing of the guards. But Cowboys, new coach... A lot of new players, a lot of returning. They had a lot of injury players last year, so we've got a lot to discuss, but are you excited for the Cowboys, Andy?
1: Very excited, TK and Corbs. It's a lot of uncertainty, but a bit to talk about, so that's good. Plenty of rep players here, Corby.
3: Yeah, there's a couple of um, key positions still up for grabs, and it'll be exciting if a, a few certain players get in there, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, Bowman's has to say.
2: Yeah, so tonight on the show we've got North Queensland Cowboys head of performance Paul Bowman. So he'll be running through exactly what they're up to in the preseason. Before we get to Paul, please just a couple little tidies. Uh, head over, please, to the social media pages and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Talking League Pod and Twitter at Talking League One. Thank you to everyone that shared the show and shared it with your family and friends if you can. And if you've got access to Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. You can also do that on the Facebook page. Now, the Talking League fantasy and tipping comps, that's open now, $500 cash prize for first place. So please enter now, invite all your family and friends. It is free to enter. Head over to talkingleaguepod.com for more details, or you'll you'll also find all the information you need in today's episode notes. All right, guys, let's kick things off and catch up with Paul Bumman. It's 30 30 degrees in Townsville today and 20 degrees only here in Sydney. In terms of planning a season, especially up there, you've played before in, in the Cowboys as well. How do you plan for an off-season when you know essentially it's going to be a lot hotter and consistently hotter up there than it is kind of down south?
0: Yeah, look, it's something that we've got to live with up here. The heat, and, and you can't, to be honest, it's hard to avoid. And, you um, you know, if we trained at 5.30 in the morning, well, it might be one, one degree cooler, but you sort of um, – when you're cutting into – Sleep and that for the players, which uh, you know I've always been about. Um, I suppose the big rocks of uh, you know recovery and performance, and and, then, and and really getting a good night's sleep. It's one of the best things they can do for recovery. So you know we try. We've been basically starting our sort of prep for sessions around seven o'clock, so at least the guys can sort of sleep. or we'll get. You know a decent um decent night's sleep in it, it might be a degree or two hotter but um yeah it's, it's sort of like i'd rather they get some sleep and then we manage the heat in terms of um you know make sure their hydration's good we have slushies, sort of that they can have pre-session pre-curling, uh, pre-cooling pre-cooling and, and then then post as well and and hydrotherapy post-session, and I mean, you know, if, if it's ridiculously hot, then we've got to increase the drink breaks and yep. and stuff, so um, yeah, it's hard to avoid, and, and like you say, it's, um, it's, not, it's definitely not going to be like that when we travel to Sydney or anything, and it's, it's important at the end of our pre-season that we do really reduce the volume and reduce the time in the heat just to try and wash away that, um, that sort of residual fatigue of the, of the pre-season because it's, it's a long time after the heat. And, um, you just want to make sure that you, you know, reduce our load appropriately so we can wash that that fatigue out so they're no, nice and fresh come the start of the season.
2: Yeah, Paul, you know, you played in the, those 2000s and how much is the role and just kind of the training stuff, like I know now you use GPSs and heart rate monitors, there's nowhere to hide pretty much. How much has training changed from when you were a player so now you as a conditioning coach?
0: Yeah, it's been a huge change. And, and as you mentioned, you know, the, the GPS and then and, and hard-road monitors, uh, vision, you know, drone vision at every training session. Got GoPro cameras at the back of training drills and that now. So, um, you know, every morning before we go out in the field, there's vision of the day before and stuff, guys, you um, know, you know, uh, hiding in drills or not doing the right thing or not running the right lines or not defending how they should, it's sort of picked up straight away. And, mm. and um, everyone's, you know, doesn't matter whether you're a 200-game player or, or haven't played a game yet, they're all, you know, held accountable to the same sort of standards and, and what the expectations are from the coaches and, and from the playing group and that as well. So, yeah. Um, so they know they're going out on the field, and it's sort of like you know you can't um, can't hide anywhere, and, and um, just got to bring your best effort every day. And, and they, of course, from when I played to now, too, there's just been an absolute you know explosion of research and and, and studies as well. You know the amount of um, of, of research that's gone into. Um, mm training practices and that with, you know, AFL clubs and plenty of other professional clubs and rugby league clubs being, you know, um, aligned and, and associated with universities and, and stuff. It's, that's that body of work and body of research is added to, to I suppose, helping us, um, you know, in terms of what's, you know, what research has shown is effective and, and, you know, and research is shown that they're not going to be recovered uh, until you know, you know, seventy-two hours sort of post match. Whereas, you know, back when I played, we just we might play on a Saturday night and then we'd be doing a conditioning session on the Monday, which yeah, you know, but we didn't have any research or anything like that back then either. So you know, now we've got research from around the place that'll tell us when you know when they're when they're recovered and and when we can you know hit them with an appropriate. Training goes, so we, we've had, we've got the advantage of having that um, that research um, that can help guide what we're doing as well. So there's, there's been lots of things that um, that have enabled and, and facilitated that big change, I suppose, in in, in how we train. And Paul, do you guys
2: do much Olympic lifting?
0: Yeah, no, we do. Um, you know, it's one of the you know, best movements, um, best exercises we can do in the gym in terms of explosive power output and, and, and get triple extension, which which is something that, uh, you know, that, that you want um, in terms of increasing that um, that explosiveness and that, that speed and power on the field. So we do, there's, there's plenty of modifications to, to, to how we lift. You know, some guys can clean, uh, some guys can't just because guys have had wrist injuries or you know, um, we don't do too much snatching just because most guys have had shoulder yeah. uh, recons or issues in the past and that too. So you can still get a really good triple extension with like a high pull um, and your clean pulls and, and guys that can catch can clean. Guys that can't catch, you know, they're just doing like a, a high pull on that. But there's plenty of variations um, of those Olympic lifts. But no, they're definitely uh, a pretty standard part of their... Of our program, yeah. Yeah, Paul, you know, the
2: the old school sort of bench press, squat, deadlifts, is that still amongst the program? And Do the boys get pretty competitive in the gym?
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's, they're still sort of uh, cornerstones of, of our program, those, those big exercises. Um, and, yeah, we, we have a really competitive, um, um, I, I suppose, feeling or competitive uh, environment. Word I'm looking for in the gym, um, you know, at the moment we have four sort of racks set up and rack one, typically the, the lighter guys and rack four, you've got your guys like Jason Tomlala and the big heavier guys. But <laughs> yeah. again, like, like the field, everything's monitored in there. We, we use general you know, um, to, uh, to do like you know, monitor speed of lifting and that barbell speeds and that. So, um, you know, guys can be lifting weights sort of relative to them but then we can look at speed so you can look at the speeds across the three or the four four racks if you, if you like because um, they'll be lifting um, weights that are if we're just going off who's lifting the heaviest obviously the guys at the end are going to um, guys in rack four like Jason and, and mm. Hefty and guys like that are going to lift the most but um, there's ways we can look at you know relative strength and barbell speed and we you know again you can use all of that to Help us not only prescribe um, what the guys are lifting, but also it does uh, increase that competitiveness across the group, and that's sort of why they're in the game. They they all love competing, so that just facil- facil- facilitates um, you know even greater effort in that in the gym. So yeah, the, the boys love it, and they they get up for it. Yeah, Paul. In
2: terms of like a power to weight ratio, because you got some really good athletes in your squad, who would you say kind of would be the best power to weight?
0: Um, well, there, are some, there are some guys that, you know, like guys like Frankie Milo that are heavier guys, but they, they move it pretty uh, pretty um, rapidly at the same time. Uh, Reuben Cotter is probably a, a little guy, but, uh, well, you know, mid-90s, 94, 95 kilos, but he's very strong for his for his, uh, for his size. Um, you know, Heshi's a beast in the gym. Um, some of our lighter guys, like again, the like guys like Jake Campbell, they're only small, eighty-five, eighty-four, eighty-five kilos, but they um for their for their size, relative, you know, pound for pound, they're um, they're up with the, yeah the heavier guys. Yeah,
2: mate, Tamulello, we all saw his power that he brings onto the field. Is he like that in the
0: gym as well? Uh, yeah, he is. Oh, he probably um. Jason's the type of athlete that if he really wants to um if he really wants to do something he'll, he'll do something so he works hard in the gym yeah um but uh yeah if he really wants to um prove a point um you can see some pretty uh, amazing things from him in the gym and that too so um you know he's, he's definitely um I mean, he, you know, he's 116, 117 kilos, but he's he's moving plenty of weight and he's moving it fast as well. So Yeah, I can he's, imagine. He's a, real, he's a real beast. Paul, in terms of leaders
2: that, you know, direct training and are more vocal out there, who who's the kind of guys that really stand
0: out in that department? Uh, obvious answers are, you, are you sort of like your captains. and Jace is probably more one that's leading by example, more so than, than actual talk. But, um, but, but, you know, Morgo's, you know, he's vocal as a captain too. But then the senior guys like Jordan McLean um, and your halves and that tour, quite vocal. Uh, Moose, is he's always quite vocal. But it's it's been good this preseason actually. It seems like a lot of younger guys are, are finding their voice in that as well. Guys like Tommy Gilbert who, you know, has only played a dozen or so games. But um, he's... Um, He's finding a voice of training, which is which is really good, actually. So, yeah, is Tom?
2: He's an edge player, right?
0: Um, uh, more of the middle. Okay. More of the middle, but he did play on the edge a little bit last year. But, um, yeah, he's 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 uh, you know, ninety ninety eight, ninety seven, ninety eight kilos, sort of playing in the middle, which is a little bit of a, uh, I suppose that's more like yeah, although well, he's, he's heavier than Dallas Johnson was, but it's, yeah. Um, these days you you tend to see, uh, if you think about Jace playing lock in the middle, and he's 116, you know, 20 kilos heavier. Yeah. But, um, you know, maybe with the way the game has sort of changed with a couple of little rule changes, there might be a little bit of a shift, possibly back um, towards those guys being fractionally lighter. Yeah. That, sort of, that third middle or, you know... With the game and that was the six again and all that. It's definitely probably a place for that that middle four that's uh, possibly a little bit lighter and and really you know hard worker and and that. So time um, will tell on that, but I don't think um, it was definitely a year or two ago. It was the game was definitely skewing towards um, you know most sides are playing pretty much like three front rowers, I suppose, it's mm. Like in the middle there with um, the 13, the guy being pretty heavy, but um, yeah, there might be a shift back um, with a few real changes.
2: Yeah. Mate, you mentioned your captain, Michael Morgan, you know, we had, we saw him with shoulder and calf issues last year. How's his health going into round one?
0: Yeah, he's going pretty good. Um, shoulder's still a little bit of an issue, he just... Had a little bit of an infection, um, which that sort of delayed. Um, so he ended up going in for surgery. Basically, in the COVID shutdown, and, and we were hoping he'd nearly be right by the time we started playing again. Although that came around a lot quicker than everyone expected, I think, with yeah, um, yeah. Peter and that. Yeah. Uh So that possibly caught us on the hop a little bit there. But then he did get a little bit of infection, which which sort of hampered things. But um, no, he's getting back to. To, uh, to full fitness, been doing all the contact work and and coping really well with that. So we're pretty confident. Um, yeah, he's going to be okay. he have been doing a fair bit of a pose work that, that he's been involved in. So, um, yeah, he's going well. That's great. I think he's getting a bit of confidence out of training, yeah. Yeah, nice to
2: hear him. Now, mate, Val Holmes, interesting because of his comeback from the NFL. Was that – in terms of trying to transition him back, because of the difference demands of each sports? Was it always going to take him? Because we did see him play quite well towards the end of the season, but was the transition always going to be slow? Like, how's he kind of the transition from this time last year compared to now?
0: Yeah, look, I think he's, he's better place than, than where he was um, last year in terms of when he started, um, and you know, obviously come from the uh, NFL and an adjustment that that was with the training, but he's still it, it, unfortunately or fortunately. You know, it was awesome for him playing Origin, but that then basically negatively impacts on on his preseason because he, uh, him and Hesse didn't start till till pretty much after Christmas. So, um, in terms of that position that he that he wants to play at fullback, there's, there's you know a lot of running um, and work rates are really high and and way different than um, to the type of fitness that was needed. To play in the NFL, yeah, I suppose. So it's still a work. In, he's still got plenty of work to do. Like he, he's been working hard through January and and uh, and going well. But um, yeah, another another month will be good for him, just in terms of and and also then more football in that position will, will be good for him because it's just it's a pretty big adjustment. Um, you know, training the way he was training there for for twelve months and then and then coming back in and, and wanting to play. Um, Play fullback, yeah. So it, there's still work to do there, but he's working hard and, and um, the work will pay off.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Now, mate, one of the fan favourites, the hammer, the young bloke, he, he looks like an absolute specimen. But is he the fastest in the club?
0: Yep, yep, definitely. Um, he's uh, Obviously, we saw what he could do in a, in a couple of our games as well as in the nines, like at the start of last year. Yeah, um, yeah no, he, he's definitely the quickest. He's, uh, the coaches are they're continually into him about uh, opening up and that because he he's a he's type of athlete that just d- does... Um, if he's um, we're playing a game here and he's making a bit of a break, he'll just do enough to show he beats the guy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, Toddy's into him a bit about um, you know, making sure he opens up and puts his foot down straight away and... <laughs> Instead of running and scoring in the corner, he can run around and score under the post a little bit more effort, but um, yeah, it's, a, again, a work in progress, but he's exciting and he's a talent, and you can't, um, it's always like had a car and that, you can't coach speed or... Yeah, for sure. You know,
2: Has he put a I little mean, bit
0: of weight gonna, on there, Paul? Yeah, look, in actual progression, he's going to get bigger, he's still growing, and he's going um, to get heavier, like, when he's in, you know, the full-time system and gets a few pre-seasons under his belt where he's, um, you know, getting plenty of volume in the, in the weight room. So he'll continue to, to put weight on and, and, uh, but you know, not at the expense of, um, his quickness.
2: Yeah. Another young gun that impressed last season was, uh, Dejan Azzy. He always looked like a real good prospect. How's his pre-season been?
0: Uh, not too bad. Um, We've all been there. Me being a player, I know what it's like. After you come on the scene and you play a few games, and and um, you probably get a little bit complacent about how you're going, and I can sometimes enjoy the off-season. So yeah. he'll be the first to admit he probably wasn't in the best shape he he could uh, could be in coming back, and and um, yeah, like uh, we 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 uh, as coaches, and that we tend to lose. Lose our memory a little bit there in terms of remembering his age, and we played a few first-row games, and then uh, yeah, we thought we were uh, going a lot better than we were, and yep. um, we've all been there, and we've all uh, we've all come back and paid for it in the preseason. So he's paid for it a little bit because he, you know, he probably didn't come back in as good a shape as uh, as he could have been. So he's physically he's he's, um, he's had his struggles this pre-season but um, he's. He's definitely not been struggling like with the ball, and in terms of his composure and his ball playing ability, there's been sessions where, um, yeah, he's really shown that he's um, really got a great ability to to play what's in front of him and uh, and and to to make the right option and to make the play. So, yep. um, yeah, physically got a bit of work to do, and um, he'll he'll learn as we all do. we, we get a bit of experience and we. Realise that it's probably better not to let ourselves go as much in the in the time that we have off. So preseason's not as hard as it uh, as it has to be. But um, he's definitely
2: you know got plenty of ability. That's for sure. Definitely. Now, final question, Paul. Just in terms of players, just impressing you that are doing things like extras and once training's over, just doing those little one percenters. Do you have a couple of guys in there that, that are always doing that?
0: Oh, like Tommy Gilbert brings to on, He's always doing that. You know, we've got a good look, good bunch of hookers, Reese Robson, take um, Granville, Reuben Cotter, like they're always doing stuff. Um, yeah, so the, the coaches have made it a bit of a, um, you know, we've got this craft, I suppose, which is like extras and working on your little individual um, skills and that that you need to work on in your game. And, and that's sort of become, instead of that just being a few guys Hanging around and, and the usual suspect doing it all the time—it's it, pretty much become a standard sort of become the norm rather than the exception, or the and that which is which is good to see. So, so guys, most of the guys—they've have they've all been sort of working hard, and we've need we, we've needed to, and we have to. Like we we haven't had a a big influx, or we haven't really had any changes in in personnel. So um, you do what you always done, get what you always got. You sort of like we haven't haven't had a very a good finish for a few years now, so we haven't really changed. The squad hasn't changed over much at all. Lockie Burr's come in, but we've had it lost a couple of guys as well. So, um, the you know, we, they, we all need to get better and we all need to improve if we want to climb the ladder. So um, I think they've embraced the fact that they need to do that and need to get better and, and work on their game. You can't just be happy to do what the coaches prescribe Mm. Um for you every day and think well that'll be enough and I'll um get better because everyone's doing that. Every club's doing that. Yeah. Like um they need to go above and beyond and work a little bit harder on, on their game and that if we want to improve and, and call them the ladder.
2: Definitely, mate. Well, mate, all the best of luck for season two thousand twenty one and I really appreciate you, you joining me on the podcast and giving me some insights, mate. So really appreciate it.
0: No worries, Sega. All right, guys,
2: big three. And one of the you know, the big, big well, Temulala, Morgan and Holmes are the big three, but let's kick off with Lolo. And he's at eight hundred and twenty seven K, consistent performer, year after year after year, break even of sixty two. Everyone wants him, seventeen percent.
1: Andy. He's, he's just a weapon. PPM weapon. I think it was one last year. A, a little bit less than that two years before that, but then one again the year after that. Ah. Uh, oh. How do you not put him in your team? He's he's definitely going to be there end game, but the only problem is everyone else is going to have him in his team. So yeah, if you can get another player for a little bit, like maybe a Madison. So Madison actually is cheaper than Timea Lolo, but scored without the low game of his injury is sixty three fancy points. So it's a little bit higher. Mm. Corbs is he a little bit too expensive for you?
3: No, he, he but he's that player that you you want to have by the end of the year and. You know he's just going to rack up points week in, week out. So he's a good one just to start. Oh, I was looking at McInnes, but he's dead to me now that he's signed with <laughs> the <show. laughs> So he's probably, and I'd, I'd like put the, the feelings aside, I just don't know what's going to happen with the McInnes, and we'll talk about that later when we go into a bit more detail with positions. But he's probably looking at my um, top mid now as that just that solid um, gun mid. A lot like you said he's just Mr. consistent, and uh, from what Bowman was saying, he would be impressive to watch in the gym.
1: Oh, unbelievable! He, of, he could throw oh, some tin around. I'm sick I of feel going like a little girl, just watching him. Like, oh, I can't lift that. I'm <laughs>
2: sick of going after you two because you kind of convinced me because I, I wasn't <laughs> going to go anywhere. I was going with my boy Tohu and I was, and both Ken Murray, they're my two top picks because of that dual positioning. But now you you kind of like t- talking to me around to this Jason
1: Lolo guy. What? Why were you? Why were you not going to pick him? Only
2: just- because like. Oh, 827k. I just thought I could throw it around and be a little bit fancy and fit more players in. <laughs> but now, Ch- maybe you don't. Know, oh, you, you killed me now. Maybe I'll just join the 17% and pick him up.
1: Well, last year he had a high of 931k. Yeah. Uh, that's an extra 110k than what he is now. He
2: definitely played the back of his season injured because his last five games he only averaged 48.
1: Started the bench a bit, didn't
2: he? Yeah, it was an interesting one. So let's hope. Uh, oh, he, he definitely has had plenty of time to get over any kind of niggly injuries. So that front last year, round one to ten, he averaged 65, which was higher than his season average of 61. So maybe I'll just pick him up till that round ten, and then I'll make some money off him <laughs> and get rid of him. Boys, uh, probably a little bit more contentious one is Michael Morgan. We all know he's a star player. He got them to the grand final, won him a grand final in 2015. But just that injury, like when you think – he's only played just over the last three years, 36 of 65 games. So he literally has missed – of games, and last year killed me because he was out for 10 weeks and every week he was, oh, he's coming back
1: this week. I'm glad because I was going to pick him, but you got him before me. Killed me,
2: and I ended up dropping Jamal Fogarty. Probably lost the comp to Corby because of this. It was my own decision. (laughs) But 516K,
1: break evens 39. Either either of you having a look at Michael Morgan? Uh, I don't think so. His shoulder injury has just been too much of an issue. Last year affected him, and even here in Bowman, still injured. A bit yeah. of an infection in the shoulder, so I just like I like him. I, I think he can. He has a potential to score high, but if he's if not hundred percent, I can't I can't go there. Mm-hmm. Corby,
3: oh, I was excited when he said going well, and then the next sentence <laughs> shoulder shoulder still an issue, and mm. then I was just like oh, red flag. Mm. He his scores were just sporadic. Those few that he did have last year, all over the place. If he can stay in the park and you take the gamble, he's one of those gamble players because he's averaged at a 38. And if you can get up around that 50 average, you're making about 200K straight up. Yep. Um, But then, yeah, yeah, that's right, the big if. But you've got blokes like Lamb and Chanel who are cheaper and probably have, uh, yeah. Younger, more durable, right?
2: Yeah, more durable, younger.
3: We agree on that one? Yeah, correct. All right, let's
2: keep moving on. I can't even get my buttons <laughs> right again. I need to get a button guy. Anyway, Valentine Holmes. I'm going to take this one because I'm a big fan, even though that he did come back late from origin. Just his break even of 37, really attractive. 489K, only owned by 5%, which is good because everyone's owning pretty much Teddy and Tommy Turbo at the moment. So back into the last year, last five games, he had three fifties. So hopefully goal kicks again. If he goal kicks during the trials... I'm a big buyer. Corby, are you going to support me?
3: Yeah. It, even like looking back to his last little stint at the Sharkies before he went and tried his NFL mm. gig, his last eight games, he had that 60 average. And then it felt like you just touched on it for his last few games. He was starting to find his groove again. And uh, he sort of got his conditioning with that fullback, which everyone was talking about last year, goal kicking, massive plus. And, he can save you about 350k on someone like Teddy, and that gives you plenty of coin in other places.
2: Yeah, imagine he becomes a 60 again.
1: Did we just convince you to pick him up? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was against him, but yeah, I just think uh, with he would have a great combination with Morgan. So if Morgan's 100%, then I'm picking Valentine Holmes. I, I wasn't going to pick him, and then I was going to go Luttrell instead. Yeah, Then I like him reading things, looking at Luttrell again. He's pudgy again. Yeah. <laughs> so I think obviously coming off the hamstrings here, but I'm gone I'm back on the homes wagon.
2: It's interesting because their brother-in-law is Michael Morgan and Val Holmes married to two sisters, but if they can keep them all in the park, because Drinkwater missed games, their hooker Reese Robson missed games, all very good players, but they just didn't play any footy together. Imagine they put a season together. A preseason. <laughs> like scores could come out, but let's move on. I think we're, we're pretty much locking in Valley Boy. But Hooker competition, I just mentioned Reese Robson. Great start to the season, and unfortunately, because he got injured, we just didn't see him in the back end, but now he's probably valued a little bit too high, 658K. Hmm. The guy that we really need, I don't want to mock anyone, but we really need Robson to be injured again because this Cotter he can play footy. 500K, break even of 38. Andy, you had him. You stole him from
1: me. I had him, and I was cheering because I had McInnes as well, and he was my number one pick, and usually you have your solid uh, hooker. But then you got the dual position. And I picked up Cotter, put Cam into my yeah. into my mid, or sorry, second row back then, and put Cotter in and he was scoring a solid fifty. So Nearly was, saved you from your backs, eh, hey, Corby? <laughs> uh, no, nothing was gonna save him. Even just the, the talk there from Bayman about his strength as well. And look, if he plays, he's definitely the player he he might even edge Wade Egan as my hooker if he's if uh, Cotter. If there's no reserve bench. If Defensive Robson doesn't got a bench, then I'll pick him but I just see they're going to split too much minutes yeah. for these two to be relevant.
2: Corby, what's your, your take on this hooker competition, mate?
3: I was looking at Peyton. He played two hookers last year, mm. and he's got forwards like McLean, Maguire, Tom Alolo, who have got massive engines. Yep. Mm. So he's got the, he can play those two hookers, like play the hooker off the bench. Uh, I just I don't know if you can safely have any in your team with the job security.
2: Yeah, it's a good point you made about of I'm glad that you went back and had a look at kind of his coaching style because that kind of rubs out both guys until one of them just takes the spot permanently. But and, still, not going to do that.
1: And so. even if there is an injury, there's still Jake Granville hiding yeah. in the trees, just going, come on, get injured.
2: He's annoying. <laughs> He's annoying. But let's move on, boys. Name that you did mention is probably – there's two I want to talk to you guys about, Josh McGuire and Colin Hess. They're kind of like the – the Queensland yesterday hero because they, they've had some great performance. I had Josh McGuire last year, and when Tammy Lolo was out, he really stood up because he was playing 80 minutes week after week. At one point, he was averaging plus 60 points. But just with everyone that's been mentioned, they've got a whole rising, Tommy Gilbert's been mentioned. The way the game is changing, I don't think suits Josh McGuire as much. The speed. Considering 702K, break even of 52, the low ownership probably shows where he's at in the game. Corby, what are your thoughts on Maguire?
3: Yeah, he, he has improved big time. He His points per minute from 2018 to 2020 jumped 0.18. So he was playing the same minutes and scoring 40 average 2018 up to your 52 last year that you were loving. Mm. But I he's, yeah, I can only see him getting that prop. And you've got others that are going to be coming in and taking his minutes in Burr. Gilbert, Molo. McLean. Then you've got Lala and McLean. Yeah. Who are going to be there as well. I I think he's too pricey for what he is now. I don't think he's going to get the big minutes that he has enjoyed last year. His
2: demerits, when you think how many penalties he got, like he one game against Melbourne the first five minutes, they had the ball when he calls Grant a C C-bomb. Like <laughs> with the ball, he goes for ten minutes in the first five minutes. By the time he comes back on, it's like twenty 0 against Melbourne. Like he just has brain explosions. The amount of missed tackles he's if he took out all his missed tackles and penalties, he would average like seventy five. Like he's horrendous. Are you backing us up here, Andy?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm away from him. Okay. He's also pushing thirty years of age as well. Yeah, good point. He's you know, less he's, minutes, he's, right? He's, I, I look for the price, you can get a Twil, a Papalai, a Papalai, Yeah. And a Taki Yeah, Yeah, agree.
2: Totally. And now next one, Cohen Hess, remember two years ago when he used to score a try every game? Great average oh, great back in the day when he's first. T-R-N-E. Yeah, 48 he used to average. And that was back in the old rule. So when you think the equivalent, he'd probably score like high 50s with today's game. But he just hasn't got it. Like, dropped him after Origin 1, Wayne Bennett did. Break even of 42, 559. That still does not tempt me.
1: Not for,
3: for Price, no. Nah, Corby. Yeah, he's just down on meters, tackle bakes, tries. Just that big four from Gracie's a no.
1: Cool. I like you're, that. You're saying he might, do you reckon he might get that edge spot back?
2: Yeah, I think he'll start. On rep- he'll start on reputation, you reckon, Corby? They'll give him one a last crack, and they've got. Yeah, some- did he?
1: Did was he in the Origin squad? Yeah, he played. Yeah, Origin. So- one. That's the thing that's got to be credibility for him.
3: Yeah, and new coach he'll he'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Surely he, he's still a good footballer, but we're just all. Looking at those good stats from two years ago, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Fantasy, fantasy Juicy. relevant.
2: All right, we've got the big guns out of the way, but I'm really excited to have a bit of a chat because we've got about six guys that we can probably all put on our watch lists and be have different views. But the first guy we got is Scotty Drinkwater, 477k does come in with a dual position break even of only 36 and only owned by 1.5%. Now, right now, like. His back end of the season was pretty good because he missed a fair chunk a little bit during that season as well. Last five averaged 44, played a little bit of fullback, a little bit of 5'8". Again, health of everyone around him will dictate his kind of where he is. He's on my watch list at the moment. Same here. But I'm keen. Andy.
1: Yeah, watch list as well. Maybe the... But I've Morgan. got the keen watch list, not just the watch list. <laughs> well, not I'm the, keen. It's not the gut feel watch list? I'm keen. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he, Look, he's... He can deliver those big games. He has the potential. Um, look, if he tries to take a bit of heat off Morgan preseason, maybe he could score there. But mm. I think he's just a watch list for me. So, yeah, yeah, Corby. Same price I think Corby's get. got a different view. No,
3: nah, he's, he's one of those blokes that was killing it at Storm and thought he could go out there and get <laughs> some extra coin and do his thing. And Storm made him look good. I actually think – didn't you write rubbish or something on the –
1: I said, oh, said the <laughs> F word, no. <laughs> on the
2: it's run bit, sheet, you put F and no or something.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's- it's a bit harsh when he's played so many NRL games and I haven't. But if I'm going to critique him fantasy-wise, yeah, he is rubbish. No, don't, discredit-
1: don't discredit yourself, Josh. you got a better
3: haircut too, mate. <laughs> All right, boys, let's move on. Es- Esson Masters,
2: the man that's fallen off a cliff, 386K, broke it when i only 29 he had an interview like the other day. Congratulations to Sani; He's just become a father, which maybe he's a little bit more settled off the field. Maybe he didn't like COVID, but when you have a look at his past, 2009, I, used to, I had him both in 19 and 18 because he scored 41 and 37. He used to play on the right for the Tigers with no feluma. They used to just break tackles, break tackles. I used to love it, but yeah, unfortunate,
1: but I'm nearly punning on him. Andy. Yeah, look, I think I'm with you because... Lash, maybe at the Tigers, just had a better style of foot- footy. They went to his side more. Come to Cowboys, expecting more ball. Didn't have it. Didn't really have that tackle break ability. Mm. New coach, maybe new kid. <laughs> I'm I'm going willing to take a punt as well. I think I'll punt at 386. It's not bad okay. for a
2: center. There's not much downside. And Toddy Patton's a Tiger as well. They could get a bit of a connection. cobby
3: Yeah, he, he. I was trying to work out why he did go – like he did – Drop quite a bit just in some of those attacking stats but his defense remember he was goal kicking <laughs> yeah also yep. that, that was a good six points per game he he does seem to score around that 40 points when he's on song in the 2018-2019 40 is a cracking score for a center especially for so, 386 yeah. 386 and, and, yeah yeah and he, he is quite cheap isn't he at the moment so yeah he's I might look at him as
1: well just a quick one Um, is Valentine Holmes the 100% kicker or can Isan maybe take it off him?
2: Well, you'd think on percentage-wise. We'll have to have a look. But I'm pretty sure Val's got a better kicking percentage. And when they were both playing together, Val was the kicker. Okay. But he's got the ability to. We've seen what he's like at the Tigers. Like, he can kick. So.
1: Are that punts on, guys? Punts on, listeners?
2: Yeah. So, next three, guys, there is probably going to be a vacant. Well, there is a vacant because Gavin Cooper's retired and the, there is a vacant spot. There's Mitch Dunn, 437K. Break even of thirty three. Tom Gilbert four hundred thirty four k. Break even of thirty two. Does have a high ownership of six percent. Shane Wright four hundred forty six k. Break even of thirty three and 0.2. Before I throw over to you boys, had a look a lot of the video of the three boys. And before we went to air, I was just describing Corby to Andy. Just the three styles are so different because Mitch Dunn used to play a little bit in the backs as well in the in the halves. He's got a little bit more of a ball playing style. Tom Gilbert is kind of more of a nuggety. He got mentioned by Paul Bowman possibly because of that new style of play, playing in the middle. He does have that Nathan Brown sort of build. And then Shane Wright, he's just a defensive juggernaut, and he's really, really tight on that edge as well. So three different types. So he's got – it could be interchangeable. Maybe one of them just gets a crack. But, excuse me, on standout, does anyone stand out for you there, Corby?
3: I actually went left field here. because the way that he was mentioning um, Gilbert. But was he talking about him playing in the middle? Yes, more. Yeah, that's what but, I mean. He's got
2: the Nathan Brown give up, mate. The other two guys are way taller. I
3: thought you going to say you
1: go left field and choose Tamalolo.
3: <laughs> no, because he's four last games at second row. He had that forty six average for only the sixty minutes. If he can lock down that eighty minutes, like if say if they do play the um, the two hookers, that would almost uh, favour Gilbert into playing the eighty minutes.
1: But and I he, don't think he yeah. has played the eighty before. That's only his, his only problem.
3: Yeah, but if he's doing all those extras and impressing, maybe he's he's working towards that 80 minutes. He keeps the same points per minute. He's looking at a 61.
2: And he's got the jewel too, right? he does, right? yeah. And the jewel's jewel. yeah, pretty he's,
3: impressive. He's uh, hey, a bit of a everyone pod there. should be chucking him. I don't think he will be a pod. I think a lot of people will be picking him up.
2: He's already at 6%. So after okay. the 10,000 people listen to this episode, <laughs> yeah. 10,000 more people it will be on 6.5%.
1: 6, 6.
2: <laughs> after our three mums listen to this episode and we'll pick, pick, pick him up tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks, mum. <clears throat> but yeah, at the moment, I'm probably similar to you, Tom Gilbert. But like I mentioned, Shane Wright, very, very good defensive player. And Mitch, like, whoever gets a spot might jag a spot on my bench, I reckon. At this stage, because they're all around the same price, break even. To, I reckon the starter, whoever gets the starting position, will score more than thirty three. Surely, if they play more than sixty minutes, they'll easily score more than thirty three.
1: If Tom, if Tom averages fifty points in the first first three rounds, he earns ninety k in three rounds. There
2: you go. So. Good stat there. All right, let's uh, let's leave a little bit spice to finish things off because the hammer, he really set the world on fire during the world, uh, the nines, guys, which was in, over in Perth. Pretty much as Scott Drinkwater water did as well. But he's only got three percent ownership. So everyone's a little bit off him because he probably he's a highlight reel, isn't he? Because he had a couple of really good tries, but in terms of those base stats, not quite there. Bowman probably scared me a little bit when he said that he you know they can't get him to put the afterburners on. He just mucks around a little bit too much at training. I'm probably gonna avoid him at this stage, Andy.
1: Oh, I heard that, but I heard it as if he knows he's better just running to save and conserve his energy. Mm. I liked the look of him last year. He just looked real comfortable and just floated around the field waiting for his moment to strike. Um I'm gonna have a Yakult so my stomach's nice and nice and clean because I've got a real good <laughs> Is that gut, another gut joke fi- real good gut feeling. Oh <laughs> he's got a break even for 27. Surely he can start better than that. And he's starting he's starting as the number one winger. He he come in round five last last year, so he didn't have that sort of preseason at that at that spot. So I'm I'm choosing him to be a bit of a uh, uh, overachieving this year.
2: I'm gonna call this segment gut feels because Corby's <laughs> got a gut feel coming up.
3: It was is he been, has he been training at centre yeah, sources? He yep, he has been. Yeah, so if he can get that centre spot, you probably know, he started at wing fullback. If he can pick up that uh, round six dual position tag, he's probably. I'm going to wait for him and see how he goes in the centre position. But by then, you should have a pretty good idea of how he's going, and he could be a good pickup in centre.
2: So you ha- he has to get the dual before you pick him up.
3: Yeah, I'm not picking – I don't think he's doing enough at wing fullback. And it, it, yeah, it does sound like he's going to get that center spot.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm backing him. All right, boys, do you think that was our best? Do you think our mums will be impressed after listening to that one tonight?
1: <laughs> well, she thinks I'm special, so either way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, thanks, mum, for listening in. But, guys, next week on the show, we've got Cronulla Sharks' Chad Townsend. Do stay in touch. We've got Jamal Fogarty from the Titans, Billy Walters from the Tigers, and – Cameron Murray from the South, Cindy Rabidos will all be yes. dropping by. And before that, please head over to Facebook and Instagram, find us at Talking League Pod, Twitter at Talking League one plenty of daily player and team analysis. Please continue to sh- uh, leave us love on that those Apple podcast reviews, which has been great. Also you can leave that on the Facebook page. The fantasy and tipping comps, they're open now, $500 cash prize for first place, so please head over to talkingleaguepod.com for more info. But, boys, another cracker show. I really appreciate it. Andy? Yes, I'm so looking forward to this season. Can we have a joke next episode? Yeah, okay. I'll lock one in. Cool. Colby, do you want a joke from Andy?
1: Yeah, i look forward to it. Boy, he showed me, <laughs> Boy,
3: hey, he
2: had a new joke so this excited. morning. You know, he showed me his fantasy team.
1: Oh, here we go. There's there's a joke from TK. Wow. <laughs> you had it first. <laughs> that was his sixth one.
3: All right,
2: boys.
1: The
3: just... app's working. The app's working too, people.
2: Oh, that's the Get, get on, on Make
1: your team change it a thousand times.
3: See you, guys.